What is up, Degenerates? Welcome to week 11. Only a couple more weeks of the regular season left. I'm your host, Dynasty Degenerate, Mr. Steve Sampson. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, our Canadian Degenerate, the rock star himself, Mr. Ben Steffen. Ben, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good tonight. Uh, excited for the guests uh, tonight. Should be a good show. Yeah, as Ben alluded to, we have not one, but two guests for you this evening. Um, first, we'll welcome in friend of the show, Listener League participant, and uh, podcast uh, participant, I think a couple of times, Mr. Andrew Clark. Andrew, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. How's your uh, How's your season going? Um, a lot of five and five teams this year, which seems to be the general consensus around the fantasy community. Yeah, nothing like a midler, right? Nope. Still competing in pretty much all of them now. So that's, that's it, all it takes is a couple of weeks here at the end to uh, turn it around and make the playoffs. So I wish you luck with that. And our second guest is uh, another Canadian. They seem to be multiplying on the show somehow. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Josh Kane. Josh, how you doing? I'm good. How are you? I am fantastic. Just happy to uh, be doing some football stuff and still awake. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Is that how's your uh, how's your fantasy season going? Uh, you know, so, pretty similar to Andrews. I've got a few seven and twos and a couple uh, two and sevens, and then uh, everything else is kind of in the middle. That's not too bad. Uh, sounds like most of my rebuilds. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, either, I'm either high or, or I'm low. I, yeah, exactly. Not a whole lot of middling this year. Yeah. So, well, welcome you guys. Uh, we've got a little bit of news. There's not a whole lot for that. Uh, we've got uh, some major injuries that happened over the weekend, and then we've got a special little treat of kind of a little a little game show that I'm going to run these guys through. So, without further ado, let us jump right into the news. Breaking news. So, Hollywood Brown is back at practice, uh, designated to return. So, he's now in the 21-day window that they activate him off of IR. Uh, that's good news for Arizona. Good news for your fantasy team, because he was actually doing pretty well uh, before he went out. Uh, ben, what do you think about Hollywood Brown and the impact he's going to have once he's back? And when do you expect him back, this week or next uh, probably next week. Um, they'll probably slow roll them, getting them back. They don't have too bad of a game this week. And uh, Hopkins has carried his weight pretty well. And um, it's going to be basically the end for Rob, uh, the Robbie Anderson experiment. Not that he's any fucking good, but um, yeah, getting Hollywood back would be nice. Some guys might have dropped him in your uh, redraft leagues. So go keep an eye out for that. Uh, maybe pick him up now before... Uh, before he officially starts practicing and getting back. Yeah, um, that's definitely something to look at. He did start practicing today, so, but was he full? People still may not be. It's uh, no, he's going to be limited for a couple of days, but he is at least at practice, so he's in the news. Um, Josh, what are your thoughts on Hollywood Brown? Uh, you know, I think finally getting him and DeAndre Hopkins on the field at the same time will really open up a lot for for. Um, their passing game and, and, and it'll open up a lot for, for James Conner as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, Andrew, as our, 
our West Coaster on the show. Do you have any uh, inside information? So I don't, I don't have any inside information. So I do live in Arizona, just to preface that. And it's, it's brutal out here. I'm not a Cardinals fan, but everybody's just talking about how awful their team is and how bad they're playing this year. They've been turning around a little bit lately. I think Hopkins helped. I didn't think he was going to make that big of a difference, even though he's phenomenal. It's just coming off the PEDs, who knew? But I think Hollywood Brown, like Josh and everyone's saying, it's really going to open up everything. And the biggest being James Conner. It's his backfield now after they dropped – you know, Benjamin for God knows what reasons, <laughs> but um, yeah, like I'm looking forward to him coming back. I think he's going to take this week off. Anytime you're dealing with a mild foot fracture, like he did, you want to ease somebody back into it because if you go too quick, too soon, the refracture rate's a little bit higher. So. Yep. Um, especially for a speedster. So like Ben said, uh, check your waivers and see if he's out there. Grab him if you can, you know, maybe somebody made the mistake and dropped him. I know a couple of the redraft leagues I'm in that did happen, and uh, guys got to him before I was able to this morning. But you might be a little luckier than I am. So another uh, another speedster coming back. Uh, DJ Shark is now back in practice as well, designated to return. Um, <clears throat> the one I would be more interested in would be Jameson Williams, but uh, I don't believe he's quite ready to come back yet. Andrew, what do you think about Shark? Do you have your eye on him at all when he comes back, or is he kind of off your radar if you're going into the playoffs? Um, I think there's some leagues where you're desperate enough to play anyone, and especially with the Lions getting into shootouts, he can be a good pickup in a deeper league if you need a second flex because you're riddled with injuries. But for leagues that you're a little bit deeper, trying to make a playoff run, don't really need a plug-and-play guy, he's not really on my radar. I do think he's going to get some opportunity now that Hawkinson's left since he's last played. So he will get a little bit more of a target share, but I'm, I'm mainly just looking at the Amon Ross St. Brown side of this. I think he's just going to keep dominating and it, if anything, it'll just open him up more. Yeah. They, they have a couple of decent receivers. I think, you know, he's going to, he's going to obviously get targets when he's freed up downfield, but uh, I don't know other than, a, you know, like a DFS play how much that's going to actually be fantasy relevant because uh, Reynolds has been pretty decent as well. Uh, Josh, you have any thoughts on that? Yeah. I, you know, I was just going to say that I think Reynolds is uh, still a viable target in that offense as well. So I don't think Chark comes back and gets enough targets to, um, to warrant being picked up at this moment, unless you do own, um, Amon Ross St. Brown and with some of the, the health issues he's had this year in and out of games um, Chark's not a bad handcuff to hold on to just in case yeah handcuffing wide receivers is uh, always something we preach on the show <laughs> sorry <laughs> we really don't uh, no. ben. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I don't know as you guys were talking I was checking my most desperate league where I could use a uh, Use you use use, DJ Shark use anything really, and uh, he's already rostered. So, yeah, yeah. Um, I was also hoping for the Jamison Williams comeback. Um, I don't think we're going to see that. Hope doesn't look like we're going to see that with any time for him to be relevant moving into fantasy playoffs. But uh, I think he'd have to be back in the next two weeks to really be full swing for you to bother starting him in your playoffs. Um, but on Chark, I mean, yeah, DFS, he might be good for. 
a two catch touchdown game, but not really anything you can count on. Um, yeah, I'd probably would avoid unless you're like one of my teams where you're one and nine and you really need a win just to uh, make yourself feel better. Yeah. It, you got to do what you got to do at that point. So we'll move on from Shark and Romeo Dobbs is already out for Thursday night's game. Christian Watson had a great game last week with him out. Uh, Sammy Watkins was basically useless, which is expected. And was it Samore uh, Tour, I think is how you say it, um, was pretty much uh, invisible as well. So I, I would say as long as Dobbs is out, you're looking at uh, – you're pretty much looking at having Lazard and Watson as, you know, I think probably must start at this point in the season. Uh, obviously, if you have Watson, you probably have some other options, but with some of the injuries that we're getting into here shortly, you may need to uh, you may need to start him. Uh, ben, your thoughts on the Green Bay wide receiver room coming up, going into Week 11? They're going to have a bye in Week 14, and you know you're, you're going to be trying to eke out a couple of wins here. What do you think about these guys? Yeah, so. With Dobbs out, they released Amari Rogers. He's also in Houston now. Um, you're down to I think Lazard, Wa- uh, Sammy Watkins, and uh, and Watson. Watson would be probably the preferred play. Hope you're hoping that this is a trend and he starts to catch on. Um, we see another week or two of it going into their bye, and I think you might be comfortable playing him going into the playoffs. But uh, until until I can see a couple weeks of it. He's probably sitting unless I need a spot start. Um, what I am interested to see is with the uh, targets vacating from the team, do they get everyone's favorite villain, AJ Dillon, involved? Or uh, or is it Tanyan time? Does he finally get uh, his shake this season because he kind of has been up and down? And uh, with some targets vacating, it would be nice to see him get involved. Yeah, Tanyan's been very inconsistent yeah. um, <clears throat> with targets, which is – you would think with no real receiving options uh, that Rogers would be looking to him more, but for whatever reason, he's not. So, uh, Andrew, what are your thoughts on the Green Bay situation? Um, I think it's a pretty easy situation here. I'm not messing with the Robert Tunyans, the Sammy Watkins, the Samore Two Rays of the World. Maybe DFS start throw, but for a standard fantasy league, I'm starting Christian Watson, I'm starting out if I need a flex. I'm starting Alan Lazard pretty much regardless. And then obviously Aaron Jones. A.J. Dillon, if you need someone to play, um, he's been okay. But Tennessee, they got a pretty good run run defense, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't mess with A.J. Dillon unless you need to. I mean, he's better than a lot of other plays at running back, but – that's kind of my view on, on the Packers options. Yeah, I'm, myself, I'm kind of off of A.J. Fillin because um, <laughs> he's not really been a good one. I mean, you may be in a situation because of where you drafted him that you you kind of got to run him out there, but he's been single digits every week except week one. He's still getting, you know, between 30 and let's just call it 40% of the snap share, and he's just not doing a whole lot with it. He's also not getting in the end zone. So yeah, he hasn't been a he hasn't been a top top twenty five running back since week six. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of off. Well, I'm I'm not kind of off. I'm completely off of him right now. If I own him, I'm just sitting him. Um, 
even with the bye weeks, it's hard to put them in your lineup. Uh, Josh, do you have any different thoughts on any of these guys? Yeah, you know, I, I kind of agree with everything you guys are saying. I've been trying to avoid – I there, there's leagues that I own both Lazard and Watson, and I've been avoiding starting them both because it's it's crazy to say, but the Green Bay passing attack has just been dismal this year. Um, having said that, being a Titans fan, uh, Andrew's right, the Titans do have a very good run defense. I, I actually think it is number one in the league right now. Um, so the other – big weakness on our team is our secondary. So I think Watson and um, Lazard both are going to have decent games this week. And uh, also, I know you said you'd kind of avoid uh, Tunyon at this point. Uh, Tennessee does seem to give up a lot to uh, to the tight end. Um, so that's something to watch for as well. Yeah, they are weak for whatever reason. Um, and I think it's due to injury to the two linebackers that are typically good at coverage, but it's something to watch, uh, especially in. Let, let me ask a question about Tonyan when you're done okay. here. Yeah. Um, so go ahead. I'm I'm facing yeah. So I'm facing this decision, and I, I know a lot of other people are too. Hayden Hurst against Pittsburgh, or Robert Tonyan um, against Tennessee. Hayden Hurst. Yeah, TJ White's back, right? Yeah. Yeah, not chance. <laughs> you're gonna play Tonyan for sure. TJ Watt on, on that Pittsburgh defense changes that whole defense. They become like they shut everything down and over the middle. But but to that point, I think they shut the run game down even more. So I think they are going to be looking for outlets. And uh, Hurst is one of those guys that uh, could be targeted a lot more than he normally would be. Yep. And with Chase out, you don't have him stretching the field. So you got Boyd and uh, Higgins and Hurst, I think. Yeah. I just don't trust Tanyan. Um, the the matchup is good, but it's a Thursday night game. So far, all, all every Thursday night game has sucked, especially <laughs> for fantasy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so the one well, touchdown we get on a Thursday is going to come from the damn tight end. That's what's going to happen. And, and it's possible, and, and that could give you, you know, the the eight to ten points you need out of the tight end. But I I think you'll get more volume in a PPR with with the shorter passes to uh, Hayden Hurst this week. But yeah, they'll probably finish right around the same, honestly. I agree, because I think as much as I think that uh, Rodgers will be looking to Tunyon uh, tomorrow, I think uh, we're going to see a lot of passes to uh, to Aaron Jones out of the backfield as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think Aaron Jones will be, will be the play tomorrow for the Packers. So we'll move on from – the abysmal Thursday night game that we're going to get tomorrow night. <laughs> uh, this week's team's on by. We have four teams out, Tampa Bay and Seattle, who just played in Germany. They're both out. Uh, Miami's out this week and Jacksonville. So some decent players that you're not going to have going into week 11. And, you know, Ben and I were kind of talking before we started where this is kind of a bad week for for your team with, with the guys that are out. And in a spot where you really need a winner, you know, a win here, a win next week for sure. So how are you guys affected by the bye weeks this week, uh, Josh? Um, yeah, in a league that uh, Ben and I are in, uh, I have two, uh, it's a two quarterback league and both my quarterbacks are on a bye. Um, so I'm kind of just uh, taking a loss in that one, I think. But uh <laughs> 
Otherwise, I've I've had I've been forced to make a couple trades as well in leagues that I'm kind of scraping to uh, to make the playoffs. And uh, week eleven seems to be a tough buy. With there, there's some good offenses on uh, on buy this week with Miami off and and others. But uh, yeah, it, this is probably my worst buy week of the year. Yeah, not quite my worst, but it's definitely going to affect me, Andrew. I feel like every every week for me is a bad bye week <laughs> stint. I don't know why. I just feel like it, it every week is worse than the next because I have there's a lot of lot of receiving options. You got Waddle, you got Tyreek Hill, you got Evans, Godwin, Lockett, Metcalf, Christian Kirk. Like those are some big names that have all been you know top twenty four, top thirty six receivers consistently, and that's really hurting me. I am waiting for a certain in one league. I'm waiting for a certain person in this podcast to trade me Garrett Wilson so I can pledge a full lineup of well players that know how to play the football. uh the offer has been up since like eight o'clock this morning sir waiting for you to accept just saying let's go <laughs> on air trade no it's outgoing yeah i sent it didn't i no i sent it this this morning oh. eight hours ago i thought i sent it that's why i looked at it. i thought i sent it so i haven't even bothered you old fuck Listen, I've been busy today. <laughs> I, I legitimately thought I sent it, so it's oh yeah. It's well, once once he gets in there, my formidable two flex options will be Garrett Wilson and Darius Slate. Right? Rough. I get uh, I get three magic with that, right? Yep. Cool. All right. So I like this on air um, trades. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on air trades in the Harry Potter league. There you go, um, Ben. So what's your situation with the bye weeks? Uh, yeah, as I was saying before we uh, started rolling, um, rough week for me. So I have a lot of, I found on a lot of my teams, I have a lot of overlap of players. So I have a lot of Mike Evans. I have a lot of Chris Godwin. I have a lot of Fournette. Um, I have a lot of DK Metcalf. I have a lot of Jalen Waddell. And in Superflex Leagues, I have a bunch of uh, Trevor Lawrence. So this is a tough week for me where I've got guys in spots that I don't normally start. Um and it's kind of been holding on to. Kadarius Tony's making his debut in a lot of my lineups this week, and I'm a little nervous about that. I hope we get a big, big week like last week. But uh, the projections don't look great. But I'm hoping the teams outperform them. I think a lot of uh, the Kadarius Tony uh, projection depends on the health of the other wide receivers on that team, though, too, because that could be a that could be a great play. I hope so. Yeah, if Juju stays out. Um, yeah. Juju with the concussion, we'll, we're going to talk about yeah. um, in the injury report. And I believe Nicole Hardman was uh, out because of an illness. So he's, I believe he's trending in the right direction to be back. Uh, I kind of think that him and Tony kind of play the same role in that offense. So hopefully it's more Tony and less Nicole Hardman, but we'll have to see how they work it. Isn't, uh, isn't MVS banged up too? He is, but I, I discount MBS because he's he sucks anyways. <laughs> Fair point. When, Fair when he point. doesn't he's, suck, he's, he blows. <laughs> he's got an illness. Oh, yeah. Okay, he, he's got a case of the dropsies. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like having him in a parlay and the touchdown getting called yeah, back. Yeah, a lot of people got affected by uh, that game last week, so it's it's very unfortunate. All right, so that'll wrap up breaking news. Um, let's jump into the few injuries that we have. Like I said before, a couple of them are pretty significant to your fantasy roster. So. 
the injury report. First and foremost, probably the most uh, devastating injury to you on your fantasy team right now is Cooper Cup. Uh, went out with a high ankle sprain. They put him on IR. He's out four weeks plus. So you're probably going to be lucky if you get him back for the playoffs. Hopefully we do see him back week 14, week 15. Um, actually, I think he's eligible week 15 to come back. So you're going to be right in the middle of your fantasy playoffs. But I'm kind of wondering, as a cup owner in several spots where I'm really going to need him, I have to wonder if the Rams are out of it, if they even bring him back off of IR this this year. Because if they're not going to be in the playoffs, I, I think they just let him sit and uh, pack it in for next year. What are your thoughts on Cooper Cup? Andrew? So I think with the high ankle sprain, you know, with especially him getting surgery, he's going to be six to eight weeks before he's healthy. So that puts you at week 16, 17, and that range, 18. So if they're out of it, there's no way I he comes back. And unless, you know, they turn into a, you know, great team all of a sudden, which I don't think they're going to, then there's, there's no way they're going to be competitive and want to bring him back and hurt him more after all that crap that happened with Michael Thomas. So even though it's a little bit of a different injury, I just don't see him being effective. You can't drop him just because who knows, maybe you'll heal quick and they'll bring him back and they'll be competitive and, you know, you, you just don't drop him. So I think he's kind of just a lame duck right now on your roster. If you don't have an IR spot. Yeah. You're definitely holding him like you do, like you are with Jamar Chase, if you had him. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm a little offended. I can't believe that you don't believe in the all-star wide receiver core of Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, and Ben Skowinek. I mean, you don't think they can turn this around? I mean, Allen Robinson, I actually own him in in our Harry Potter league, and I'm I'm hoping that he turns it around for my sake. But Allen Robinson, he's kind of like Voldemort. Anytime you (laughs) you talk about him, bad things happen. But if you don't talk about him, then he does good. So we'll, we'll move on. (laughs) <laughs> I like that analogy. Um, Josh, your thoughts on Cup and what you can expect out of the Rams going forward? Yeah, as a multiple Cup owner, it uh, it, it stings big time. Um, but uh, it's 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 an opportunity for for Allen Robinson to pay dividends to the people that have held him or that drafted him, and uh, maybe he he gets a bigger role and maybe he uh, puts up some points, but I kind of see it going the other way where the, I think the whole team's offense is just so lost right now. Um, and without cup in, in the lineup, it's going to get worse. Um, the running game is awful. Um, Je- having Jefferson back, actually, maybe he can breathe a little life into it, but Skoronic is more of a, um, I don't know. He, he's not rosterable. And if he's rosterable, he's not startable. So it's it's just one of those things where I think I'm going to try to avoid that that team altogether. Yeah, um, I hope you're right about Robinson because I, I did draft him several places and I still have him in a few, especially dynasty. Um, Skarnak is a guy that in redraft I don't think you you're going to be using him, but he's had a couple of decent weeks in the middle of the season there. And for a dynasty grab, I think he's worth a grab. Uh, the one that I'm him or go ahead, him or Chark, um, Skarnak. 
I think, just because of the opportunity. Yeah, I think he'll get more looks. Yeah, I do too. Uh, Van Jefferson is a guy, though, that I am uh, – I was high on him coming into the season. I, I was expecting him to be back sooner than he is now. But he's a guy that I think can step up with uh, with Cup out. And, you know, you, you could probably expect – eight to 12 points out of him, if not more, if, if they actually get him involved in the offense. So he's a guy where you might need somebody. He's out on your waivers and redraft, and I'd be looking to go out and grab him and, and see what happens over the next week or two. Ben? Oh, man. So as a uh, guy that has zero shares of Cooper Cup over 30 leagues, um, it's been quite entertaining watching everyone bitch and moan about it. Um I've had other guys get hurt and the complaining has been far less, but this one has been really good uh, to watch uh, sucks for to watch football. Cause Cooper cups exciting. He's the only one on that team worth watching and uh, to watch him get the ball 25 times a game is it's crazy to watch. Cause it's, but um, Alan Robinson's the only guy that I think has a chance to benefit from this. Um, see if we can prove everybody uh, that drafted him right, that he just needs the opportunity. Um, but I don't think it happens. Um, I have very little faith in the Rams. Um, the offense seems to be lost a little bit. Their O line kind of in shambles, and Matt Stafford just doesn't look like he's his elbow is at a hundred percent. So, um, funny injury for watching everybody complain about it, but uh, definitely sucks for 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 fun football and continues the down drag on the twenty twenty two season. It's not often you lose a top five wide receiver this late in the season. No, it sucks and, for sure. You know, it, it it definitely is going to affect some of the top teams because I I would venture to say that most teams that have cup or at least in play were in playoff contention. We'll see what happens. You know what? I, I was just thinking one other guy that kind of maybe gets a little bit of a bump only because he plays such a shallow position is uh, is Tyler Higby. Um, it's possible, and I know for a while he was the most targeted tight end, but. He really hasn't done a whole lot with it, and right. until he shows me that he can do something, <clears throat> I mean, the landscape for tight ends is a, a little rough, especially with a couple of injuries we're going to talk about. So you may have to pick him up and, and take the, the chance that his opportunity does increase. But I, I've been disappointed more times this year with him in my lineup than I have you know, than I've been happy. So I think you've been disappointed unless you own Kelsey and a healthy Andrews. Um, well, yeah, you've been disappointed. You know, in you're you're, you're disappointed but, about tight end, no matter what. Um, I'll tell you, I, I would. Ahead. Oh, nope, sorry. I would, I would take Higby over the two losers we talked about earlier, Tunyon and Hurst. <laughs> I'd yeah, rather, I think I'd I rather would. have Tunyon just for Aaron Rodgers potentially being Aaron Rodgers. But Aaron Rodgers isn't Aaron Rodgers this year. I don't know. He had a decent game last week. Three, three plus touchdowns. He looked all right. Yeah, it only took ten weeks for him to get Lions. warmed up. He's got Lions. a beatable defense and, and, this and week. It was the Lions. Now, if Rodgers plays the Lions or he plays the Bears, fire him up. Yeah, <laughs> I think he played Dallas last week. Yeah. Oh, uh, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was yeah, week yeah. before. My bad. But uh, all right. So moving on, as we're talking about tight ends, uh, Dallas Goddard, one of the tight ends you could depend on this year, is out with a shoulder injury, four plus weeks. He's on IR, so earliest he can come back is week 15. 
I believe that's when he is planning to come back is the game on December 18th. Hopefully that's when you get, you get him back for the fantasy playoffs. Um, Goddard has at least been, uh, you know, a steady start for the most part. He's had mostly double digit games. He's had three games where he's been under 10 points. Um, the, the game against Dallas was a disappointment, but uh, the other two weeks, it, at least you were close enough to 10 points. It didn't kill you. Uh, but he's been a top 10 tight end, you know, all but the three, the, those three weeks as well. So what are your guys' thoughts on the Goddard injury? And is there a relevant tight end that you want from Philadelphia? Josh? Um, I, I don't think I target any tight ends on that team. Um, if anything, maybe Devontae Smith gets a bump. Maybe he gets a few more looks now because uh, he's really been underutilized since uh, A.J. Brown came to town. But, um, yeah, I I mean, until I see a game um, and see who they're, who they're trotting out there for for the getting the looks for, the, for passing, um, I'm, I'm going to avoid that altogether. Andrew, and your thoughts? Yeah, I'm I'm a little concerned about his injury. I mean, looking at his schedule, you mentioned that Chicago game that he came back, he would come back if he, you know, fouled the four game, which I'm not convinced that he'll be out for four games. It might be five. And then you're looking at Dallas if you're in week 16 of the playoffs and then New Orleans, who are decent against tight ends. But at the same time, he, he that they're fine. You play him. But in terms of his health, I, I just don't feel super comfortable with him. In terms of the other um, tight ends in Philly, I don't even know their names, so I wouldn't even pick them up. But you definitely are good to go at tight end because it's just a crapshoot everywhere. So I think this injury doesn't really hurt your roster as much as some of the other injuries that you've been going through. But I think it's going to help Devontae Smith. I think, if anything, it hurts Jalen Hurts because that's one less target to go to. And, you know, we see Lamar with one less target, and he hasn't been nearly as effective, especially for, as a mobile quarterback like Lamar. So I think it's bad for, for Hurts, honestly. Yeah, he loses, you know, a, a guy that he throws six to nine targets to a game. So that definitely is going to affect him. For me, Jack Stahl is the only tight end that I'd be looking at. He's been playing 40% of the snaps already anyways. And he's gotten a few looks in the passing game. So I, I believe that he's the one that steps into that role until Goddard gets, Goddard gets back. But I don't know how effective he'll be with it. Uh, ben? Um, I think we see, obviously, more A.J. Brown, uh, more Devontae Smith, and then uh, probably more Sanders or, Gain, or Gainwell, maybe both, getting a couple more targets. But that uh, those nine targets will probably get spread around a little bit. Um, I don't see being able to start a tight end from that team. They're only going to get probably two or three looks um, and everything else will go to the guys that are already established uh, catching passes from Hertz this year. Um, and then, yeah, as far as finding a fill in for tight end, I just find somebody that's playing and starting um, and then hold your breath till Goddard's back. It's kind of all you can do at the tight end position. Um, it's a bit of black hole. If you can get close to 10, like eight, nine, points like that feels like a good week and you can just call it from there um because even Kel a, a kelsey bad week and andrew's bad week still puts him in the top five um just kind of shit position 
And uh, not sure it'll affect Hurts much. He might run a bit more. But I definitely want to see more A.J. Brown out of this. I'd also like to see more Devonta Smith, but yeah. Um, so to continue on with tight ends, uh, we'll talk about Zach Ertz. Got a knee injuries out for the season. Um, another impactful tight end that you're losing. I think he's a tight end five right now on the season. Uh, no, I'm sorry, tight end three on the season in our leagues. Um, what are your thoughts on Trey McBride? Is he worth looking at? Obviously, he's another tight end in a desolate landscape. He has only been playing about 20% of snaps, and he's got four targets on the year. Uh, Josh? Yeah, I, I think similar to the Philly situation. I think it's – unless it's uh, – unless you don't have a choice, I think you try to stay away. Um, I think Hopkins gets more looks. I think uh, Connor gets more looks out of the backfield and, and more carries. Um, and you'll, if, um, if Kyler's healthy enough, you'll see him, him running a lot more. Um, but yeah, unless it's a, a must situation, I try to stay away from, uh, from either of those tight end situations at this point. Yeah. Um, I, I do know that they drafted um, McBride <clears throat> to be their tight end of the future, but I I don't know that he's quite ready yet. And with, with getting Hollywood Brown back this week or next, uh, I I think that that's going to help out with, with them losing Ertz, but they're going to throw the ball to somebody else. Uh, It's just a matter of, of which guy it ends up being Uh, Ben. Uh, Yeah. So in Zona, it's obviously going to benefit if Brown comes back, but tight end, I like looking at McBride. Um, I think he's he's the come up guy that you're gonna be looking for. Um, backup tight ends generally not a position I, or a player I like to start. Um, unless they've shown something previously, like likely kind of came out of nowhere. That's been a blessing, and then more Foster Moreau. But uh, hard to trust a rookie. I mean, I just said you could do it with likely, but he showed it before where we really haven't seen much of McBride. So, um. I like what Josh said. Probably avoid it, but uh, if you have to, if you have to, and you're in a hole, and he's the only one available there, or you're in a dynasty league and kind of running out of tight ends, um, probably got to plug in McBride, get him off the taxi, and get him in there. Andrew, anything different? No, not anything different in terms of the um, the how it changes the game right now. I do think that McBride, like Ben was saying, is the guy that they're building around for the future in, in terms of the tight end position. And he's a guy they believed in, a second-round draft pick. But before I even consider rostering him with how bad tight ends are, I need to see something from him before he gets an ad. And that's for a standard redraft league. And then I think maybe in the interim right now, we see a little bit more of Rondale Moore getting a little bit more action. He might get a few more looks. And then if Hollywood comes back, obviously more will be funneled through him. So I don't think it changes a ton based on what we were talking about. And I, I agree with everything you guys say. I think the moral of the story there is uh, Robbie Anderson sucks. <laughs> Coming from a Panthers fan. <laughs> fucking blows. Yeah, you know what? Just just thinking about if you're desperate for a tight end, um, a guy that I've been kind of relying on in, in many of my leagues this year is uh, Tyler Conklin. He's still available in a lot of in a lot of leagues, and he's he's not gonna 
put up crazy numbers, but he's getting a lot of targets and he has had some 20 point games. I think he's had two 20 point games this year. So he's a boomer bust guy, but I think he's a better option than, than either uh, of the backups from either of those teams. Another good name to throw out at the tight end position that I've been playing in deeper leagues is Jawan Johnson, top 10 tight end, (laughs) three out of the last four weeks, and they're going against the Rams this week. Yeah, Johnson was a name I was going to throw out there, uh, as is Conklin. Both are, uh, for the most part, unowned, and both of them have been performing fairly well. So I think um, in our league, Conklin is he's the tight end 12 and uh, Johnson is the tight end 11 so you know the top two of the top 12 tight ends in my my redraft league uh, for the listener league are are unowned so definitely check your check your rosters because there's guys out there that are performing that nobody's really paying attention to so the, the last tight end we'll talk about, Gerald Everett, has a groin injury. He's day-to-day. I don't think even the uh, Chargers expect him to play this week. I don't. Uh, the groin injuries are usually, you know, a couple of weeks out, depending on whether he re-aggravates it in practice or anything. He was limited, but it's just another injury to the Chargers. It. it just an unfortunate season right now for them with the number of injuries on their offense. So hopefully he plays, but like I said, I'm not going to count on it. You may be looking at one of these guys we've talked about to, uh, to fill in for yet another tight end that's hurt. Andrew, anything with, uh, with Everett or who who you might have your eye on in that offense? I'm a little bit worried about Everett just because of how pesky those groin injuries are and how they usually just improve with rest and him being out there at practice and, and trying to go on it and only having week to week to rest is not good. I will say if he is healthy and he's well for week 12, Arizona, I'm pretty sure the four of us could all score multiple touchdowns on them. They're terrible against tight ends. So I, I would target him for that game coming up, but I don't think he's playable this week. One name, if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are out, I think you're going to look to start DeAndre Carter if he's even healthy. Him and Josh Palmer have been doing pretty well lately with injuries, and I think they're they're both solid flex plays. Yeah, Palmer's a guy that I like, and I, I think even when those two guys are back, he's still a flex uh, candidate. And Carter, for me, is is a little hit and miss, but He's had two decent weeks, and with the other injuries, you you, you got to give it a shot. There's not really anybody else to throw to. Uh, Josh? Yeah, I mean, it sounds like Keenan Allen's back this week, but uh, how many how many snaps before he's hurt again? You know what I mean? We've heard um, that for like three weeks. It, yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're exactly. Um, and hopefully Mike Williams is going to be healthy soon too. He's a guy that I, I did uh, – taking a lot of leagues and he was looking real good before he got hurt. But uh, again, it's another player with a, uh, with a history of injuries. It's uh, seems to be a theme in the, uh, for the chargers, but um, yeah, I, I mean, Eckler, if you got Eckler, you're, you're a lucky man. Cause uh, he gets a ball a lot. <laughs> he does. Uh, ben. Yeah. Um, I got Josh Palmer, a lot of places. He's been a nice, uh, 
nice guy you can plug in pretty much every week. Um, just suck. Like, like you're saying, and, and, uh, when you're explaining his injury, um, Herbert's lost so many tar- like guys to throw the ball to. Um, he's definitely getting that overrated label a little bit right now, but, um, hard to decide if that's him or if that's lack of weapons. Um, Mike Williams is kind of inconsistent, always kind of has been. And then everybody else has been hurt or, uh, or unavailable. Um, I have Everett in a, in uh, the listener league and uh, he's definitely been helpful to have, but um, I'm going to have to bench him and hold on to him until he's back. Um, plug Hawkinson in the lineup. Uh, yeah. Tight end sucks, man. <laughs> That's kind of the moral of the story. I think I'm running into today over and over and over again with these injuries. Uh, bye week guys we're talking about. And uh, yeah, tight end is just, it's shit. It, yeah, it is. Um, it's funny because when we did, uh, when we did the update on the listener leagues and Monty kind of went through and looked at a few things you know, because he does the, uh, the the scoring updates for us every week. And just noticing that, and I think uh, Diego said the same thing, just noticing at which tight ends are on the most winning teams in, in our five leagues. They weren't Kelsey. They weren't Andrews. It was Kittle. It was, you know, guys taken in, in the later rounds and, in a league that's not premium or even in some leagues that are premiums, people put such a high price on the tight end and it it really doesn't seem to make that much difference. So I'm sure there's data to prove the other, the other way in a different year, but this year it seems like the later you took a tight end, the better off you were. So it definitely something to, to, a rabbit hole to go down at the end of the season. See, you know, see where teams end up, see where players end up and stuff like that. And just kind of evaluate maybe where you take different positions based on how you finish with your teams. So jump into a couple of wide receivers. Jerry Judy got hurt very early in the game and cost some of us our weeks last week. Uh, he's got an ankle injury. He's day to day. Um, I don't expect him to play this week. I think he's back next week. Ben, your thoughts on Judy? Yeah, so as you said, he uh, him going out kind of screwed me um, in a couple places. But uh, it only took Jerry, Judy, Tim Patrick, and the rest of the wide receiving core uh, and uh, Javante Williams to all get hurt for Cortland Sutton to get a shot as the team's number one. Um Let's see if he can do it. I don't know. I don't really trust that offense to do a whole lot. Um, Russ is still underwhelming to me, but uh, Sutton seems to be the only or the last healthy man standing anyway. So um, this might be the week that you look to p- plug him into a flex spot. Um, but yeah, pretty much as I have been for most of the season, um, out on most of uh, the Denver offense, and that'll probably continue. I've been playing Sutton most of the most of the year. I mean, have you been happy about it? I've been fine with it. I <laughs> yeah. mean, he's had a couple of games in the middle. Not like for, the first five games, he was not, he was fine. Not for where you drafted him, though. I, I got him later. Like what? I mean, fifth, fourth, fifth, something like that. He was my wide receiver 
two or three. Yeah, like that's in a lot of spots. I mean, I, like I said, the first five weeks he he had double digits, and then you know three weeks Judy took over, and he was single digits. So it's just evident that Russell Wilson cannot support two wide receivers right now in the Denver offense, and that's that to me is more what's upsetting and, and absurd. But like you say, with with Judy out, you know. Sutton is the option, so I, I expect him to get back into double digits every week until Judy comes back. Andrew? I'm for sure starting Sutton this week against the Raiders, too. The Raiders, again, they can't guard the four of us on defense at wide out. I'm pretty sure we could all line up and, and make some damage, do some damage. So I'm starting him this week. Jerry Judy, I don't think he'll be out as long as people think. When he went down, it looked real bad. Everybody thought it was going to be an Achilles tear, and it was real scary. But it's just a mild – I don't even really think it's an ankle sprain. If the muscle that he injured, it's like they, there's some tendons that wrap around onto the foot. And those are mostly just affected with cutting and, and quick movement. So I think he'll be back, back up to speed pretty soon. But I think this week they might just keep him off the field. And I think Sutton's kind of a smash play in your flex. Yeah, like I said, I think he misses this week, but I, I think he's probably back next week. It, it wasn't anywhere near as, as severe as what they initially expected. Josh? Yeah, I, I mean, if you watch the interviews with Russell Wilson after the game, he, he's already talking about them playing the rest of the year for pride. So I don't think the Broncos are going to rush um, Judy back. Um, having said that, I think, yeah, Sutton's finally feels like a, a must start. Um, and I think he's the only must start in that lineup. Um, their running game is awful. Um, Russell Wilson's been terrible. I mean, it's, it's, it's painful to watch as a guy who used to really like Russell Wilson. I still do. Um, but, uh, he's, he's, he's tough to watch this year. He's definitely tough to watch this year. Um, so we'll jump into the other wide receiver. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster suffered a concussion. He's most likely not playing this week. Uh, it was a pretty bad hit. Uh, I know there was uh, – it benefited uh, Kadarius Tony when he went out, uh, that and not having Mequel Hardman. Uh, I think we kind of talked about it a little bit earlier, but if uh, if Schuster's out, are you guys starting Kadarius Tony? Yeah. Ben? Yeah, so I have a couple leagues with Waddle out, with Mike Evans out. Um, and one week where I have all three of Mike Evans, Tyreek Hill, and um, Jalen Waddle, I have all three of them on a team. Um, so yeah, he he's making my lineup on in uh, in that league. He was a, a waiver ad, hasn't started yet for me, but I'm definitely going to get him in there. Um, kind of been looking at other leagues if I can sneak him in to some spots. Uh, Listener league actually. I just was looking at it uh, before we started, and I think I'm going to plug him in over uh, over Pittman because Pittman kind of has a tough tough one. I think they're playing the Eagles, um, so I might get Tony and Kadarius Tony in there uh, for that one as one of the only targets left for Patrick Mahomes. But I'm uh, cautiously optimistic it works out, but I'm more expecting a big Travis Kelsey week. Um, I can't believe that we missed that breaking news. Right? Matt Ryan is back. Oh, that's not breaking. The Indianapolis. The only thing that's breaking is the Colts. Back. Uh, yeah, uh, I think it, I think it's good for Pittman. I think it's good for uh, 
Jonathan Taylor. But yeah, but more to your point, I I would agree that I think I would probably try. I I think I would take the chance on Tony over Pittman this week. Oh, it's all it's upside week. Yeah, just because there's so much upside. Yeah. Uh, Andrew, I think I'd go Pittman. I mean. He's getting with Matt Ryan. He's getting how many targets? He got. He's getting nine, nine, six, sixteen, eight. He gets. He gets a lot of targets. And I know the Eagles are a brutal, brutal matchup, but I think I would still start him over Tony because I, I understand the upside with Tony, and I get it. And I think he's a good play. Don't get me wrong, but I would still go with the known, more known commodity of, of Pittman, even though he struggled, just because of the targets. Yeah, it's the Darius Slave factor that it worries me about playing the, the Eagles and then the fact that there's really nobody left outside of Kelsey for pass catching um, work in KC. So uh, I think we could see a lot, like probably eight or nine targets for, for Tony and he's so electric that he could definitely take, take him to the house. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's a tough one. I, I would still definitely play Tony um in in a flex i'm starting him in a couple leagues so i i'm right there with you it's just between him and Pittman. that's that's close call but yeah darius slay is really good so i didn't even realize that yes he definitely is um josh you have anything yeah i'm I'm kind of with andrew on that i i don't think i would take Pittman out to start tony but i do have him in a couple flex spots uh going this weekend um with Matt Ryan back in the offense and with um, Jeff Saturday now kind of playing for pride. Um, I think they're going to throw the ball a lot. I think they're going to try to open things up for Jonathan Taylor. So I think Pittman's still going to see eight to eight to 12 targets and Paris Campbell's been getting a lot of looks too, but uh, I, I think uh, Pittman will still get his. Yeah, I, I think so. Um, like, like I said, I think I'd take, if you need the upside play, I definitely put Tony in. If you need the floor, go with Pittman. But I think it might be a rough week with with uh, Pittman this week. Uh, the last injury we have, <clears throat> and it doesn't really affect you this week, but it's something to look at for next week. Leonard Fournette suffered a hip pointer. He may miss week 12. They're already talking about that, you know, with him having the week off this week. But I don't know if you guys watched the game. Uh, being it was an early game that was the only thing on but uh i think he lost his job he looked slow he he looked slow yeah uh, that's what, he kept getting the ball but he looked slow yeah so they were definitely involving white more and if he doesn't you know if he doesn't improve then I'm not sure how much longer, you know, Leonard Fournette is the RB1 on the team. So I think if, if White gets more opportunity over the next week or two, you know, when they come back, that uh, Lenny might be sitting on the bench. Uh, Josh? Yeah, I, I agree. I, I hesitate to start either of those guys unless you're starting them at flex because you have no other depth. Um, For the first time in a long time, Tom Brady does not have a great offensive line. 
and they're not making holes at all for that run game. Um, and yeah, Leonard Fournette looks like he's running in, in wet cement. Like he's just looks so slow. Um, White does look like the more explosive back. So, uh, but I still think Fournette's going to get the looks in the uh, in the red zone and and short yardage uh, goal line touches. Um, so he's got the the touchdown upside. But uh, outside of that, he's uh, he worries me a lot. For my fantasy uh, forecast, I really hope. Um the Bucks go the route of the Dallas Cowboys and continue to start a running back they shouldn't because um, I'd like them to get some touchdowns for me but I uh, probably would be better off for the Bucks to to switch gears I think with with their uh, unfortunately they're, they're still in it um, if they weren't I think that you would see White be the guy but uh, we'll have to see Andrew um, just, I'm not going to let it slide by. I do think Ezekiel Elliott was needed against the Packers. And I think he still does deserve to get carries. Um, yes, Pollard's good, but Zeke was definitely needed. And it showed last week, just cause we mentioned them starting running backs. They shouldn't, but all, all that aside, I am worried about Fournette, just like Josh was saying, I think with the bye week too, it doesn't help that Fournette's hurt because they're just going to keep trying to involve Rashad white. And he's looked better. And he is probably faster right now. And I think they're going to be trying to get him more involved. And he's pretty good on the receiving game too. But Fournette will definitely be there and getting carries. And it's kind of a tough spot because you're not going to drop him. And you're probably not going to be able to trade him for a lollipop right now. So it's like you don't you don't know what to do with Fournette. No, at his age and the way he's played this year, you're not trading him. Unfortunately, you, your trade deadlines and everything are going to be going. And, you know, if it's not this week, then next week or the week after. And he's most likely not going to be an attractive option for a team that's, you know, trying to get in or just build depth. So you're, you're kind of stuck with him. If you're in Dynasty uh, and you own Fournette, you, you're probably going to uh, you're probably going to have to keep him on your roster until you just get ready to drop him because I, I really don't see – anybody looking to trade for him in the off season, unless, you know, he goes out and really lights it up, but he is kind of starting to look old as far as for running back. So we'll, we'll have to see how it works out, but that will wrap up our injury report and we will get now into our little game show. All right. So I was having a discussion with somebody um, the other day, and we were talking about people that use points per game to analyze their their fantasy rosters, and how a lot of times, in a lot of instances, using the points per game can be somewhat detrimental to your uh, your fantasy roster and the players that you're picking up. So, I have a little game show for you guys I'm going to give you the position, I'm going to give you the points per game for a few players and each of you has to pick one of those players and at the end we'll see who has the better team so the uh, we'll start with quarterbacks uh, so quarterbacks we're going to do uh, between 17 and 18 points per game the, uh, the leaders so I pick guys out of the middle uh, I didn't take uh, the top 
as far as average points per game. So the top guy is right around 30, and then there's a fall off. And we're going to go right in the middle at 17 to 18 points per game for quarterbacks. So the first one is 17.9. Then you have 17.8, 
I will go with the 14.12, like the second, the last one. Second one? Yeah. Okay. And Josh? I'll go 14.1 as well. Okay. Trap. So the one you guys, the one you guys did not choose at 14.5 was Damian Pierce, who is the RB14. Um, ben, you took 14.1, the second one, and that gives you Tony Pollard. Josh took the 14.1A, and that gives you Jamal Williams. And then, Andrew, you took the 14.3, and that gave you Kenneth Walker. Okay. Okay. So, that's not uh, a bad currently, not it, a, It's not. No. Not a bad swath of running backs. Uh, Paul is a running back 17. Williams is a running back 16. And uh, Walker is a running back 15. Which is kind of wild because Walker didn't really start getting heavy work until, what was that, week four? That's why points per game so For sure. That is absolutely why points per game start. And So the other two I was going to throw in, because uh, I was going to do 14 to 16 points per game, uh, the other two I was going to throw in was Aaron Jones at 15.7 points per game, and, and he's the RB8, and Leonard Fournette at 15.6 points per game, and he's the RB9. But I figured if, if I did that, you guys would uh, pick those two, and, and it would kind of – throw off the results so i didn't want to do that so we'll go to the the second running back because uh, you're going to have two running backs two wide receivers and a tight end with this so this range is going to be the rb with the 13 to 14 points per game so just below what we just picked um so ben you can go first uh i have for you 13.3 13.4 13.5, 13 13.6, 13 and 13.6. 13.5. 13 okay. Josh? Uh, I'll go 13.4. And Andrew? Um, I'll go with the 13.6. Which one, the first one or the second one? Um, We'll go with the second one. Okay. So, Andrew, at, with... RB 13.6 is Travis Etienne. Okay. Yep. And he's currently the RB 12. Uh, ben, with the 13.5, you get DeAndre Swift, Oof. who's currently the RB 34. Rough. And Josh, at 13.4, you took uh, Jonathan Taylor. All right. Who is currently the RB28? On paper, three excellent running backs. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. That I mean, that's that's what's crazy about this is uh so the other two were at 13.3 is Cordero Patterson, who's the RB35, and Miles Sanders at 13.6, who's the RB19. So five five guys that for the most part were drafted you know, in the first three rounds of most drafts, if, I mean, Sanders probably went a little bit later, but the other four all went early. Um, and only one of them's an RB1. Yeah, you know, it, it, the running back position's been so volatile the last few years. I mean, Jonathan Taylor's given 
big time Doug Martin vibes from uh, what ten years ago when uh, he was the first pick in most drafts and just has not lived up to it at all. Yeah, I mean he was you know he's been injured a little bit. The offense has been for sure. Oh, for sure. But it's definitely not what you drafted him to be. Right. All right. So we'll jump into wide receivers now. We've got wide receivers from the 14 to 15 point per game range. So first one is 14.2, 14.4, 14.5, and then there's two at 14.9. So, Josh, we're up to you. I'll go uh, 14.92. Okay. Andrew? So, again, just prefacing for wide receiver, I'm assuming the high ones are going to be people with more boom or bust, and then there's going to be the lower and more consistent. So I'll start off with the better boom bust. So I'll go 14.91. Okay. 14.91. And Ben? Fuck. Uh, 14.2. 14.2. I wanted one of those 14.9s. <laughs> no. you, uh, ben, you actually picked the number one in this group. So... At 14.2, you get Tyler Lockett. Ugh. Who is <laughs> currently the wide receiver 10. Oh, he drives me nuts. He drives everybody nuts. Um, Andrew, with the 14.9A, you have Mike Williams. Okay, that's what I was looking for. And he is currently the wide receiver 31. And at 14.B, you, Josh, you got Mike Evans. I'll take him. And he's currently the wide receiver 12. And so... For your second, I mean, uh, the other two, Jacoby Myers at 14.5, who's the wide receiver 34, and Amari Cooper at 14.4, who's the wide receiver 14. So two two traps in there. Um, I mean, Jacoby Myers, for where you drafted him, is outperforming by a mile. Yeah. Like, I, I'd be happy with, I am happy with where I have him. I, I stick to my uh, my preseason take on him. I've been happy with him. You know, you didn't draft him as your one. You drafted him as a, a bench guy, and he's a guy that you could start most weeks. So it's uh that's just interesting. I think a lot of his down downside, if you want to call it, is the passing game oh, too. For he's sure, just, he's got nobody getting on the ball. He's still, yeah, his uh, volume's good though, which is nice. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the thing with the thing with Myers, like you drafted him a little bit later, but. You, you have the expectation that he's going to be, you know, like a, a a low wide receiver three, high wide receiver two, but and in, in he's kind of on the, the downside of the wide receiver three range. And he's had all but one game. He's had double digits. So consistency. It, it, it's consistency. Um, and that's within the offense and, you know, more so just that. But it, he with Mac Jones, he's getting plenty of targets. Um, with, with Zappy, he, it, it kind of waned a little bit, but we'll have to see. But if you were picking him just off of, off of numbers, you would be disappointed right now. Probably given Mike Evans is in that group. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Evan, if you look at Evans, Lockett and Cooper, who are all, I mean, Cooper's just on the outside of being a wide receiver one with Jacoby Brissett. So, and he's been consistent. I mean, his, his 14.4 has been fairly consistent throughout the uh, first 10 weeks. So 
the last, uh, not the last, uh, the next group is going to be wide receivers in the 12 to 13 point per game range. So this one's going to be a little bit different. Um, first one's 12.8. Second one, 12.8. Third one, 12.8. Uh, the fourth one is 12.6. Fifth one is 12.4. And I have a sixth one at 12.4. So we are at Andrew. Um, I'll take the floor to match with Mike Williams. I'll go with the, the lowest one. So 12.4. 12.4 right? B. Yeah. Okay. Ben. What was the top one? 12, eight. 12. I have three. I have three at 12, eight. So we'll say 12, eight B. Okay. And Josh. I think that uh, threesome at uh, 12, eight is a trap. So I'm going to go 12, six. And you would be incorrect. <laughs> well, <laughs> but can't be right all the time. You can't. Uh, so 12.6, you got Rondale Moore, Oof. who's a wide receiver, 45. Oof. Can I change my answer or? Uh... Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, so 12.4B is uh, Curtis Samuel for you, Andrew. Ugh. Uh-huh. And he is currently the wide receiver, 17. Really, he wow. he's been driving me bonkers all season. Yep. So it's funny that I get him on yet another freaking team. <laughs> just another and, boom and bust guy, right? Yeah, just another. He's just a floor. Yeah, <laughs> I picked him up and and fabbed him in a lot of places because Terry McLaurin wasn't doing anything, and now Curtis Samuel. I've been stumbled into playing him so many times, and it's just annoying. Yeah, now it is and. and you, you picked him up for that reason. Um, Rivera wanted to use him, and you're getting you, you, you're getting the end result of a wide receiver seventeen. Unfortunately, it, you, you're losing more weeks than you're winning with Curtis Samuel in your lineup, for sure. So, and the last one at the twelve point eight B for Ben is T Higgins at the wide receiver twenty three. That's dope. I'd be happy with that. Uh, so. 12.81 or 12.8 A was uh, Juju Smith Schuster, who's the wide receiver 22. 12.8 C is Chris Godwin, who's the wide receiver 33. And 12.4 A is DK Metcalf, who's the wide receiver 16. So the last thing we have is the uh, tight ends. Um, obviously, we talked about this. Tight ends is desolate. Um, so for tight ends, once you get outside the top three, it, it kind of gets, you know, you, you're kind of looking for ten, around 10 points a week. So I've got us in the 9 to 10 point range. And there are, well, I have this in the 9 to 10 point range. So the first one's at 9.6. And I have 9.2, 9.2, 9.2. And 9.0. Uh, ben. Give me that even 9.0. 9.0. It's going to be Josh. one guy that got oh, 9.1 and played one game. <laughs> I'll go uh, 9.6. 9.6. What, what are my options again? Uh, your options are 9.2, 9.2, or 9.2. <laughs> <laughs> Do I have to select a tight end? <laughs> I'll do I'll do nine point two A. Nine point two A. Okay. 
So I'll probably end up with Taysom Hill. As a matter of I fact, you did get Taysom Hill. Nine point two A. That's awesome. Jeez. <laughs> All right. Now forty five uh, of those points were in one game, but uh... it, it was. But because <laughs> and, and that. But the thing is, is Taysom Hill is a tight end six on on the year because of that one game. <laughs> That's insane. So Ben, you took nine point zero with Tyler Conklin. My man, I'll trade him to Josh. He is the uh, tight end 12. Again, on only a couple of games. And at 9.6, you have Greg Dulcich, who is the tight end 35. Uh, He's 9.6 on one game. Yep. Uh, The other two, the 9.2B and 9.2C, were Tyler Higby and Gerald Everett at tight end 6 and tight end 7. I think so, more evidence that we just scrapped the position altogether. Yeah, it's just such a black hole. Yeah, it is. But it, this is like this is a prime example of why the, the points per game is so bad. I mean, right. So I have a question. I'll, I'll be, yep. Who is arguing for using it as an evaluating tool outside of like just a blind? I'm going to take the guy with the higher points per game. There's people that do that. There, there are people that do that. They're um, fucking nuts. They are, but you, there's more people that do that um, that would actually surprise you. It's it's crazy. So I did a fantasy basketball league two years ago, I think, whenever, whenever it first came to Sleeper. And I know nothing about basketball. Don't watch it. And I ended up playing. I ended up winning. So Sleeper does a great job with theirs, and it tells you, uh, what guys play better on which night of the week. So I all I did was run numbers. And I was able to draft a good team and just play consistent players all the time. So that metric in other sports is useful. That metric in fantasy football really to me is not because you end up falling in these traps where you have – these guys like Taysom Hill, oh, he's a tight end six. He's putting up nine points a week. He's not. He's putting up four points a week, and he has one 40-point game. Um, at least with Higby and Everett, they're fairly consistent. At, you know, you, you're going to get eight to 12 points, but it, it's if you're using this metric for those guys or, or you're using it to judge your wide receivers, like you can't. It, you can't. I mean – so let's look at we'll look at your guys' team. So Ben, we'll look at your team. You got Daniel Jones, Tony Pollard, DeAndre Swift, Tyler Lockett, T. Higgins, and Tyler Conklin. You're you're like third to last in your league. Uh with the way yeah, with Swift not being out. Yeah. 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 You've you've probably won if you're lucky, you've probably won three games. Right? Yeah. Um, Andrew, you've got Dak Prescott, Kenneth Walker, Travis Etienne, Mike Williams, Curtis Samuel, Taysom Hill. You're probably you're, you're a playoff contender. I won in week five. You know, <laughs> I mean, you, your running backs have, have helped until Mike Williams went out. He helped, but I mean, you, you've at least put up decent points. The tight end is it is what it is, but you potentially would be a contender in your league. And Josh, you have Carson Wentz, Jamal Williams, Jonathan Taylor, Mike Evans, Rondale Moore, and Greg Dulcich. You're probably middling. Um, you you were depending on Taylor. You were depending on Wentz, 
and Taylor hasn't produced until last week. But at least Evans has been okay, and Rondale's given you a couple of weeks that probably won your game. So you're probably right in the middle. If you got, you know, if you got Wentz back and he performed, with excuse me, with Taylor coming on, you, you probably could make it work. But Rondale and, and, and Dulcich are not going to help you out. So no, you may I, you may get right to the playoffs, but you're going to lose out week one. And I don't see Wentz coming back either. I think uh, the Washington faithful has prefers Heineke, and uh, I, I I don't know if Wentz gets that job back when he's healthy. I think that got uh, announced today. That they were sticking with Heineke is either today, or, they, today yeah. or yesterday, this, this, this week. But I thought so, that was going forward, like they're going to no. stick with him because he's um, doing well. So Rivera announced Taylor Heineke will remain the starter this week against the Texans. Yeah, because he, but he's been he's been better for Terry. He's been better for oh, oh fantasy wise, he's great for all most of the, of the guys except for Curtis Samuel. Once seemed to like him more, but yeah, um, but once like to throw the ball down the field. To whoever will catch it. Didn't really matter what color their jerseys were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but Wentz has started throwing, so I would expect him back, at least eligible to be back in the next couple of weeks. Um, unfortunately, they've been able to win a couple of games, and they're still in it because I would much rather see Sam Howell. But, you know, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to see that sooner uh, this season rather than later. But. That will wrap up our game show. Uh, hopefully, hopefully everybody enjoyed it. Um, it's tough to go through and find these players and, and get a group that's somewhat close together that's uh, this much this far apart. So, hopefully, you guys enjoyed that. Hopefully, the uh, comparative to that narrative with points per game is useful to you, and you never use it in fantasy football. Andrew, any parting words for our listeners? No, um, not really. Just don't do points per game, or you're gonna end up with Taysom Hill. <laughs> uh, how can uh, how can people get up in touch with you if they wanted to talk fantasy football? Um, my sleeper ID is a Clark forty one. I don't have Twitter, um, and I don't really talk about fantasy football much on my Instagram. So a Clark forty one on sleeper. I'm always down for new ideas, joining new leagues, or talking about football. Awesome. Yep. And Josh. You know, um, just uh, as a Titans fan, looking forward to tomorrow, to tomorrow night's game. Hopefully Green Bay can continue to uh, flounder and we can uh, somehow win another game with uh, Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. Oh, what another disappointment he is this year too. Well, I, I put that more on our wide receivers than I do. Our, our wide receiver one is a broken Robert Woods. And I mean, Westbrook yeah. Aquina looks all right, but... Uh, I mean, just keep giving the ball to Derrick Henry. Imagine if they had a yeah. wide receiver like A.J. Brown. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Or or if they would have drafted somebody other than Traylon Burks. Well, you know what? Burks looked looked all right. He, he's running routes well. Um, he's getting open. It's just he's not getting the – we're not getting the ball to him. He, so he is out there. I don't put it on him yet, but uh, A.J. Brown is a generational talent that can – get any ball that's thrown in his vicinity. I don't think Traylon Brooks is that player. So it's going to be rough. Yeah. But uh, what can you do? I would agree. Um, ben. Uh, yeah, no, thanks. Uh, thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Josh, for joining us uh, tonight. It's been, uh, it's been fun and some laughs. Um, you got, if anyone's looking for me, you can find me on, uh, on sleeper at rockstar 12. Uh, 
um, or on Twitter. Shoot me some questions. Talk about football. Talk about whatever you like uh, at Daydreaming FF. Um, thanks again, and uh, looking forward to this week. Uh, keep your nose to the grindstone, and uh, keep battling if you're in that playoff in those playoff pushes. Yeah, it's that time of year. You know, you gotta, you really gotta manufacture wins the next couple of weeks to get into the playoffs. So. Thank you all for listening. Thank you guys for joining us, Josh and Andrew. It was a pleasure to have you. Um, you're welcome back anytime. If you need to get in touch with me, you can get me in Sleeper. My handle is at Solinator. Um, if you want to find me on Twitter, it's at FFDegenerate. You can send an email to the show. It's football at gmail.com. You can visit our website, www.daydreamingdegenerates.com. We're on Facebook, Daydreaming Degenerates Fantasy Football Podcast. And we also have a Patreon if you want to help support the show. Search for Daydreaming Degenerates. Good luck in week 11. Thank you all for listening, and good night. Good night, guys. Thanks. Thanks.